evening, please, please, Mr. Attorney General. You know, give us some credit for knowing what the hell is going on around here with you. Not really. To this line of questioning. So, we're gonna, we're gonna, listen, you've slandered this man. Yeah, what I sort of want to know is how do we get how do we get to this point? Yeah. I do not think so that I'm slandering to the point anyone. All, all I can say, Mr. Chairman, I am done. Thank you very much. You slandered this man from top to bottom. So if you want more of this, you're not going to get it. If you want to ask him questions, you can. Certainly have your opinion. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Why can't these things happen in prime time? You know, I mean, I'd rather watch this than the Billboard Awards. Why can't this stuff happen in prime time? Wow, I mean, that was absolutely explosive and just one of many rounds uh, between uh, members of the Senate Judiciary Committee and the Attorney General William Barr um, in his testimony today. Um, this You heard from the senator from... Hawaii Senator Hirono, who really went after uh, Attorney General William Barr. And then, of course, that was uh, Senator Graham from South Carolina, who basically uh, came in and said, you know, in, in defense of uh, Barr, saying that you uh, have slandered this man and, and, and uh, you know, just some real strong uh, criticism there um, from really two types of criticism. Of course, uh, the Democrats criticizing Barr and also um, the the Senate Republicans uh, criticizing Democrats and the way they were handling themselves in the committee. So a lot of back and forth there. Um, this all, by the way, it's Dave Kinchin tonight. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Hope you you are having a great week so far. So we knew this was going to be juicy. This, that's why I said, why couldn't this have happened in primetime? You know, we knew this was all going to be juicy. Um, the attorney general being grilled by... Uh, senators, um, especially uh, the Democrats on this issue, because of the political dynamics that have been unfolding for some time now, of course, you know, uh, this being an attorney general appointed, uh, appointed by a Republican president and uh, in, in the eyes of the Democrats uh, defending uh, President Trump. That's, that's how um, the uh, Hawaii senator said this essentially that, uh, you know, uh, Attorney General Barr, they said you have been protecting this president. Um, the Republicans on the committee uh, came in and basically said, you know, uh, do you, in fact, it was Lindsey Graham who said to Barr, do you, how long have you known Robert Mueller? 30 years. Do you trust him? Yes. Uh, uh, Graham said, do you believe, uh, Senator Graham said, do you believe, um, Attorney General Barr, that uh, uh, Robert Mueller, the special counsel, had adequate time and everything he needed to do this investigation and did a good job. Yes. So um, that was some of the, the, what the, you know, some of the stuff I saw live. Some of it I saw a little bit later on, on tape, but I really, you know, just saw a, a, enough of this, most of, not all of it, to know that this was indeed a, a very, uh, you know, intense round, but nothing that was a surprise. And this all comes down to, of course, the letter that, um, and this was reported within the last uh, 48 hours or so, the letter that um, Robert Mueller had uh, sent to Barr, plus a phone call, essentially, and it was described as a friendly chat between two guys who have known each other for a long time, uh, aides or people close to this, uh, to, to uh, um, this issue in this conversation and the phone call especially, describing this to the media uh, through sources uh, saying that, uh, you know, there was a clear disagreement between the, these two, Mueller and Barr, over what uh, Mueller had called uh, a lack of context in the four-page letter 
which was a summary of the Mueller report that was given to members of Congress. And that's where right away members of Congress said that, you know, essentially the bar had uh, Democrats in Congress had said that Barr had uh, uh, basically misrepresented some things. And, and uh, you know, the, the uh, bar team was quick to say, well, Mueller never said in the call or in the letter that uh, in the letter to Barr that Barr got any facts wrong or that said anything wrong. So apparently uh, Mueller was really concerned with, in fact, we know this, was really concerned about the way some things were presented, the the media coverage, for one. Mueller was concerned about the media coverage in all of this um, and also felt that there was a lack of, of context in dealing with some of the, 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 the AG's summary of some of the findings in the 400, what is it, 448-page report. Um, now, in, interestingly enough, um, more breaking news in all of this, um, really that part was developing news. The breaking news is the part um, where... Um, Barr has uh, said he will not testify before uh, House members uh, on uh, Thursday. Um, there was a back and forth and some tension, uh, CNN's reporting, over uh, whether the attorneys for the House Judiciary Committee would question the Attorney General. There were some issues there, and uh, of course, um, uh, Nadler, Chairman Nadler, and many others wanted, uh, they, they continued to push for the full uh, unredacted um, Mueller report, because you'll recall some of it was, not much, but some of it, some of it was uh, redacted. So that's where this is going. And again, you know, this this is a back and forth that is, is continued now. Um, you know, it, it, what's what's interesting here is, um, you know, the, the remarkable different tone uh, or difference in tone between the Republicans and, and the Democrats here, where congressional Republicans have essentially said, you know, the report came out, uh, there was no uh, collusion. Uh, the report says, although it it does, um, you know, leave open questions uh, regarding, uh, leaves open the questioning and, and basically says Congress has the right to, to look into issues of um, of obstruction. And that's, you know, the Republicans have said, well, if there was no collusion, if there was no crime, there can't be any obstruction, because how can you obstruct if there is no crime? You know, so the Republicans have said, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's time to move on and it's time to govern the country. Trump has largely moved on, uh, certainly from this, although he continued, well, except for when uh, the president continues to tweet, no uh, collusion, no obstruction. But the Democrats are saying, well, there are still some very key and critical questions here. Um, uh, Trump directing uh, White House counsel again to uh, get rid of the uh, special counsel, um, Robert Mueller, although that never happened, obviously. Um, and Barr had said there, you know, there'd be a difference between uh, a removal of special counsel uh, and or a person, yet an investigation could still take place. So in other words, removing the special counsel, if that did happen, it doesn't mean that the investigation uh, would would stop uh, in, in total form. So, and we've heard about that before. So th this is, you know, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how uh, Congress continues to handle and turn up the juice on the attorney general here. Um, so this was some fiery stuff, though, folks. I mean, this was some really uh, intense uh, stuff that we heard and um, 
you know, that was just a snippet of it. So we're, we're going to continue to watch where all of this uh, goes. We're going to watch really uh, to see what the House Judiciary Committee uh, does uh, in terms of uh, subpoena, you know, more subpoenas and, and uh, everything on down the road. But um, what an afternoon. And, uh, you know, I don't, I mean, look, it's not great. Cardi B has, you know, Cardi B and Drake have the most, what, nominations for Billboard Awards. Can't they do that at 10 in the morning? And can't they make this stuff? I mean, this stuff matters so much more. <laughs> and I know I'm also the host of a music show, you know, Rock of Nations with Dave Kinch, and I get that. But wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if, um, if we can get this kind of stuff in prime time? <laughs> but I don't know if the senators and the members of Congress want to work that late. Um, but, but, you know, let's admit it, all of everybody at the office, don't lie, you were watching, that's what social media is there for, that's what the Twitter, you know, the the Twitter, (laughs) who said the Twitter, was that George W. Bush, the Twitter, or was it, there's some politician who said, called it the Twitter, no, that was the Google, anyway, (laughs) but, um, you know, that's what Twitter's there for. That's what Facebook's there for, for everybody to um, to opine. And so, you know, you get your lunch break in or you go to the uh, the water cooler for a minute. You look and you see the C-SPAN feed on Twitter or whatever you see there. And you can get it all in its glory or perhaps lack thereof, depending on how you look at all of this. So, again, in summary, a very tense exchange uh, between uh, the senator from uh, Hawaii and uh, the attorney general and the senator from South Carolina uh, coming in to defend uh, the attorney general there. Questions over, um, you know, again, Democrats on in the Senate today, you know, accusing, as they have before, accusing William Barr of defending the president instead of uh, making sure there's a fair and thorough investigation, uh, you know, taking place um, or, or, or in, instead of not getting in the way of such an investigation. Uh, and, um, and also... There was, uh, you know, the members, the Republicans of the committee uh, and Lindsey Graham in particular, who said, look, uh, you know, do you to bar? Do you trust uh, Mueller? You've known him for 30 years. Yes. And yes. okay. So, you know, uh, many Republicans on the committee essentially uh, treating this as as, uh, you know, something that's been done, but um, not so fast for the uh, Democratic led House um, uh, House Judiciary Committee which says, of course, that, um, that there indeed needs to be, uh, you know, more questions. And, and unfortunately, um, because th- there won't be the uh, bar before the, uh, the House committee, um, that's going to mean, uh, I keep going back to the phrase turning up the juice, the uh, House uh, Judiciary Committee will tur- turn up the juice on uh, uh, Barr and his team perhaps after a breakdown over uh, whether the committee's lawyers could question Barr according to some CNN reporting. So that's where that all stands. And uh, it is, as we always say, far, far from over. Meantime, a very difficult situation to watch in Venezuela. Um, very explosive video of uh, protests and uprising that took place this week in Venezuela. Um, the U.S.-backed opposition leader, uh, Juan Guaido, uh, was calling for a revolt, calling for an uprising um, against the uh, president, uh, Nicolas uh, Maduro. And, um, you know, th- this was this you saw how violent it got as far as uh, um, uh, tear gas being used um even, uh, you know, all kinds of military equipment. The, what's interesting is uh, there are questions about um, 
what will happen with the military, whether they will continue, all in the military will continue to back um, uh, Maduro. Um, but it's, this has been something that's uh, spurred a lot of concern, certainly in the United States. There, there's a lot of uh, uh, Venezuelan Americans who um, were actually protesting here in Philadelphia, not really protesting, but making a demonstration, uh, letting their voices be heard that they're concerned about their loved ones over there. Um, the situation has really deteriorated in Venezuela for quite some time. The economic situation, um, you've got a lot of different issues going on. Um, you have uh, skyrocketing costs in uh, food and medicine. Um, there, it's also been uh, said that, what is it, it's hyperinflation, another concern there that has really uh, caused uh, uh, many folks to, to absolutely, uh, uh, you know, go go crazy against the current government and, uh, you know, demand a, a change. Now, what's what's also um, because it was actually reported today that the U.S. government might look at a possible military situation if things continue to spiral out of control in Venezuela. Um, you know, the, that was, I think, something that seemed to get a little bit buried. Uh, in the news today as far as uh, the reaction online because of uh, what we were just talking about before, the Barr uh, Senate hearing. But um, that would be quite concerning if there was indeed any sort of military engagement, even isolated uh, in Venezuela. But, uh, you know, we've been watching these images uh, of um, people getting hurt and, and uh, you know, just serious problems there, um, all due to... Um, you know, major political tumult and, uh, you know, political uh, uprising there. So we're going to continue to watch it. Um, you know, the, the, the it's this administration uh, in Venezuela doesn't look like it's going anywhere. I mean, let's I don't think, you know, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. Um, but again, there's been some reporting about um, some of the various military, some in the military and, and, and where their allegiances may be. Um, and, and that's, um, you know, th there's there's some good reason for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, you just you, you, it's been a powder keg there for such a long time. And, you know, you, you watch this nervously um, because you worry about uh, what might actually take place. You worry about uh uh, lives lost. You worry about, um, you know, uh, a, a revolution that might cause more harm uh, than good in terms of human life. Um, but certainly there's a deep, deep, bitter political situation there uh, that continues to explode. And, uh, you know, we've seen, um, if you remember the Arab Spring and, and, you know, some of the revolutions we had seen a few years back, obviously a very different situation. Um, you know, especially in the age of, again, we were talking about social media, the age of uh, technology now and the whole world's watching, that puts even more pressure on uh, the embattled uh, government uh, and the embattled folks in power. So uh, a situation that was really, really explosive and hard to watch unfolding. And so uh, a little bit of what's going on there, but um, that situation, uh, as it continues to erupt uh, or or if things do calm down, either way, we'll continue to uh, look at it, follow it on our social media accounts uh, at Kinchin Tonight and Dave Kinchin USA on Twitter. And we're on Facebook also. Even Syria is weighing in now, um, denouncing the failed uh, coup. Uh, some members of the military um, attempting to overthrow 
uh, its government in uh, Venezuela, but um, that failing, uh, the president, uh, Maduro, uh, claiming victory there, uh, but certainly watching his back. And, um, I mean, this is a house of cards situation there. It's a tinderbox, whatever. You know, there's a lot of cliches that work um, to talk about the intensity of that situation. Um, moving over to some of the domestic politics, um, it's been an interesting, you know, it, it's been really uh, unique to see what appears to finally be a presidential race. Now, you would almost think, and and I don't know, you producers in there, you can tell me if I'm crazy. I don't think I am on this. Um, uh, our producers who never really, well, you can't really hear them, but I can. <laughs> you know, what's that? Yeah. Oh, no, I know. I know you guys love to, but we don't really, I see, I don't do the debates. They do, they do plenty of debates. I don't really do the debates. I just lay out the situation and try to provide a little bit of analysis on whatever's happening. And, and, you know, we take it from there. Um, they have a lot more ideological freedom than I do as a journalist, uh, because it's just not what I do as a journalist. You know, I, I, I like, you know, like I say, no agenda, just, just really facts. I mean, I, you know, I think it's important to lay it to, but I, I believe the analysis is where you come in to kind of lay the, you know, again, lay the groundwork and say, well, here's what this can mean. You know, here's one piece of it. Here's another piece of it. Here's another piece of it. Now it could work. What if we put these two pieces together and it works like this? Or what if we put these two pieces together and it works like that? So that's, that's my style. Um, <laughs> you guys in there, be good. <laughs> Sorry, it's just like on the rock and roll show we do. You know, they just—they're always—they always have something to say. But <laughs> okay, guys. All right. Um, so, so <laughs> before I was so rudely interrupted, <laughs> we have. Does it f not feel like we have a general election feel to this campaign already? Obviously, we don't, and I'm not saying we do. But does it not feel like that's where we are? Joe Biden gets into this race, and boom, it's Trump. Biden, Biden, Trump. Uh, so there's some polling out there, and we talked about this in the last show, some polling that shows very early um, Biden in the lead. Um, but th this week, um, Biden had picked up the endorsement of the Firefighters Union. Trump tweeted out, uh, President Trump tweeted out, the dues sucking firefighters leadership will always support Democrats uh, when even though the membership wants me, something's never changed. That's what Trump tweeted out uh, earlier this week. Uh, and then Biden responded on Twitter, I'm sick of this president bad-mouthing unions. Labor built the middle class in this country, minimum wage, overtime pay, the 40-hour week. They exist for all of us because unions fought for those rights. We need a president who, will, who honors them and uh, their work. So the Twitter battles uh, continue on back and forth there um you know the twitter wars uh, are you know are not stopping by any means um between uh uh the president and um sorry i'm just reading an email i wrote to myself okay uh between the president and uh biden now you know at the heart of this is is really going to be how um excuse me how biden can really win back the middle class, the working class vote. And, and, and when I say, I say win back in the sense that um, according to, you know, the numbers we saw in 2016, Trump had done very well with, um, you know, labor with working class voters more. You know, it was a surprise to many Democrats that Trump had done so well, according to the polling, um, you know, and the results, of course, uh, with uh, 
with blue collar workers is what I'm trying to say. Blue collar workers, uh, uh, not labor unions per se, of course, but the, um, Trump got higher numbers in the blue collar vote than uh, than many were expecting. And you know, uh, Biden's the guy from Scranton. You know, he's he's the guy who. Uh, has, has talked about the working class. Uh, you know, he said on The View, you know, when's the last time we thank, you know, the, the, the guy who keeps the sewers running or, you know, we thank the person who, um, you know, handles the utility polls, words to that effect, you know. So he's really making a, a, a pitch for uh, the blue-collar workers. And, and, and this will be a chance to see if, uh, you know, the a traditional base of the Democratic Party goes back to um, that base or if Trump continues to, you know, continues that trend in, in a 2016. Again, this is very, very early, obviously, you know, it's very early. Um, but it, it does sort of feel like, you know, Mayor Pete and, you know, all these others. I mean, did you remember Cory Booker was running for president? Remember uh, Kamala Harris and her campaign? Remember, you know, so many other, other people running in this race? You know, Biden gets in and, you know, with the exception of Mayor Pete in the um, uh, in the press, uh, you know, a little bit here and there. Um, there hasn't been a whole lot, actually quite a bit. Um, and Better World Work made a couple, a bit, some headlines, a, a bit of news here and there. But it's been, you know, the first few days since Biden got in, it was Biden, Trump, Biden, Trump, Biden, Trump, you know. So, um, I mean, look, we're still way, way early in this process before even the first, I mean, you know, the, the, it, it, we're, we're talking, I mean, the, the first caucus is the first, you know, primaries, even the first, you know, it's, it's all light years away. You know, we have debates we have to get to and, and uh, all of that as well. Um, so I just thought, anyway, some, some, probably the most interesting bit of that was, uh, you know, Trump already taking aim at, uh, politically speaking, of uh, sleepy Joe Biden, uh, according to uh, his Twitter account, the president's Twitter account. And, uh, you know, that's... Um, that's the battle we're watching uh, that's been heating up, uh, you know, it's almost like, as they say in sports, we now have a ball game, you know, when, when it, you know, both sides go back and forth, you know, and answering, uh, you know, hit, counter, hit, or hit, you know, punch, counter, punch type of thing. Um, and both of these guys are counter punchers. I mean, let's, let's be clear. I mean, both, we know President Trump's a, a counter puncher and, you know, um, the former Vice President Joe Biden really embraced his role uh, during the 2008 campaign, especially as the attack dog, um, you know, which is what uh, part of what the VP does. Um, so, uh, you know, both sides are used to a good counterpunch and a good a good joust. Um, there was uh, looking at my notes. Was there something else I saw? Uh, no, I think there was it actually. I kind of sworn there was something else going on. Well, there's always something going on. Uh, and by the way, again, we always talk about every candidate. You know, you, you know, we're we're not here highlighting some candidates and not others. It's just there's so many you can't get to everybody. You know, when we have limited time on the show and so much going on, especially with Venezuela and uh, the bar situation, too. So just, you know, we, we watch everybody. We watch what everybody's uh, doing. Um, by the way, Kamala Harris, uh, speaking of presidential candidates and going back to Barr, um, uh, Barr apparently was stumped, it looked like, on some on a line of questioning from uh, Kamala Harris. She's good at that, by the way. She's, you know, she's known for her 
her intense uh, questioning. Um, you think about the Kavanaugh hearing. Um, uh, you think about um, Jeff. Was it Jeff Sessions? I think too. I think that was uh, anyway. There's there's got to be a montage somewhere of. Uh, uh, Senator Harris's uh, very tough line of questioning. You know, she's known for that. So, you know, uh, I think uh, some her campaign was uh, making use with uh, those those uh, her line of questioning and kind of you know what she's doing. Uh, you know, that's the interesting thing about it. You know, every member of Congress has their own staff tweeting out, "Hey, you know, our our representative or our senator took so and so to task and and did this, and here's our highlights." And you know, but then if you're running for president, then you've got a separate staff of campaign people using all of that too um for whatever advantage they can they could find um so i i've um i know some people it, it, just a personal note some friends of mine who um went to washington right after college and worked both on campaigns but they also worked um, as legislative staff so um but this was kind of before the age where social media really picked up all of a sudden you know obviously some years ago uh, and it was a news story, you know, members of Congress really started embracing social media in ways um, that in some ways seemed unique and other ways just seem really forced when you see really older people trying to, you know, uh, being the, the kings and uh, trying to be the new top dogs on social media. But I will say this, um, you know, the, the late John Dingell from Michigan was was really known for that. Um, and, and he drew um, certainly uh, is the word recognition. He drew, uh, I think it was President Obama who even said in a note, uh, you know, in his um, condolences that he, he put online, uh, you know, after uh, the passing of a uh, former former Congressman Dingell, uh, John Dingell said that he'll miss the, uh, the, the Twitter burns, or somebody had said that. Somebody said uh, they will miss his Twitter burns, but, uh, but it was, I will say this, it was, it was members of both parties uh, in the establishment who noted um, the former dean of the house um, for his use of Twitter even up till his final days. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's, um, it's a whole different, uh, I mean, it's got to be a full-time job if you are a, a person who does social media for a high-profile member of Congress and, uh, you know, you, you've got a big hearing and it's the time for your boss to do their zingers or their, their tough questioning. Uh, you get that out on social media as fast as you can. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's nonstop. <laughs> and if you're on the campaign, then it's especially nonstop, especially as things heat up because you got to, you know, it's, it's not just the staffers writing a response to their boss so that they or sending out statements when there's a, when, when their opposition hits them on something, it's putting it out on social media and um, retweeting something with a comment and, and the, the retort right there. So I've always found that part of it to be especially fascinating how um, there's separate staff for that and you've got to be damn good on either side, I'm sure, for that. I no, I do that, too. I love that. I love signing up for those alerts. Um, we're talking about... Uh, so, you know how... If you're like me, you, you, you're you a nerd for this political stuff. And um, whenever Trump or, um, you know, Cory Booker or um, Biden or whoever it may be, whoever the candidates, um, you know, whenever they give a speech... Um, you know, you get an alert on social media 
And, uh, you know, I always share the video on my news accounts and everything because I want to just get it out there and cover everybody as much as possible. But um, that's the one part I'm really going to be looking forward to is, is we get into the campaign. It's like, oh, oh, OK, it's a Trump rally. Let's see what, what's said now. Oh, it's Biden. Let's see how he hits back. Oh, wait, you know what? It's it's, uh, um, you know, uh, Senator Gillibrand. You know, I, I want to see uh, what what's said there, you know. Um, so I, I always kind of look forward to those, especially the primetime rallies. I don't know that they... Uh, Trump's been doing them now, right? But he hasn't really, you know, they haven't really been airing on, on prime time, I don't think, as much, have they? Um, well, because we're not really in full campaign mode, obviously. It's very, very early. But I, I do look forward to that. That was one of the things, I got to admit, I loved about 2016. I loved seeing, um, you know, a, a rally live as it's happening, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Trump and, and just the, the barb trading because, you know, you, you see it live. One of the things I like to do is see news live as it's happening, you know, so I, it's like the bar hearing, I'll watch as much of it as I can, you know, um, you know, when I'm, you know, working and everything else, you know, uh, we all have busy lives and everything we're doing, but, but it's nice to be able to, again, that advantage of social media, having, being able to see it as it's happening, and uh, I can't wait, especially as uh, things start to heat up even more, and uh, we start to, once we really get into the throes of this election cycle, um, I love it just from the, the coverage standpoint, folks. Uh, all right, it's, it's uh, I almost said it's Rock of Nations with Dave Kinchin. Uh, no, that's the other show. Um, this, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, folks, it's been a long day. Um, I just saw Avengers today, um, and by the way, which is really, really good, um, Avengers Endgame, so I think maybe that's where my mind is. I'm just super jazzed by that. Um <laughs> But keeping you informed as well. Um, all right. So we will be back on uh, this program on Sunday night. But, you know, we're always talking about music, uh, classic rock music, Rock of Nations with Dave Kinchin. Uh, we've got a couple of more shows uh, coming up this week uh, for that. We'll be talking Iron Maiden, uh, what seems to be the Leonard Skinner curse. You know, I mean, gosh, all these these guys, not none recently, thankfully, but, you know, all these guys who, who've been passing away over the years and, and just how that band continues to bounce back. Uh, so there's that. And, uh, of course, we were talking about Queen and Adam Lambert, those shows, those podcasts doing very well. Uh, so look that up on wherever you get podcasts. Rock of Nations with Dave Kinchin. This is Dave Kinchin tonight. And we thank you, as always, uh, for being with us. And uh, stay with me on Twitter at Dave Kinchin USA, because I am always tweeting about something, my friends. Thank you.